0: What is up, Devil fans? What a crazy one in Newark. Devil's win, 8-4. Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. So glad to have you guys with me. Holy moly, what a game in Newark this afternoon. What just happened? It is 10 o'clock on May, Sunday, May 7th. And what an afternoon at The Rock. That was insane. And this is what happens when the devils play their A game. This is what they can do. It's like, why do they make us go down 0-2 in these series before they show us what they can do and play the way that we know they can? Man, we keep talking. The pickle, we could beat anybody. They could beat anybody. We play our A game. And it's the truth why do they do this to us but man today was a game i'll never forget it was so exciting there were so many storylines there was so much that went on in this game i'm gonna forget a lot of i i didn't i haven't watched the game again i just came home and i'm just gonna record off of what i saw live and to be fair you know, when you're watching the game and you're at the game live, you do miss some stuff. You catch up on a lot of stuff, especially stuff that goes on behind the play and you get a real feel of momentum and what's going on in the game, but you don't get that instant replay or you don't get some of the angles that you get when you watch it on television. So when I give you this analysis, I'm giving you just what I remember from when I come home from after the games. First of all, I can't tell you how good it felt to have just a full devils crowd you know the devils had this amazing season and a historic season really and the devil's fan base has been having as much fun as any fan base in the entire league and i really was happy and excited that we were playing the rangers but there was a giant piece of me that was a little i was disappointed that every devil fan wasn't going to be able to make it into the building the ticket prices were going to be so high there was going to be 25 to 30 percent ranger fans in our building well it should be a celebration of the team that we just watched put on this amazing performance all season and shit, after the first two games and we got blown away by the rangers we devils fans really didn't have anything to share about but I could tell you what it felt amazing today to just have the Rock filled with all Devils fans going crazy. You know, a Sunday afternoon game. It was awesome. It was like I got to bring both of my boys. So uh, and my my father was with us. You know, these games that start at eight o'clock at night. I can't really bring the kids during a school night, especially it's kind of late for them. But having a game in the afternoon. I mean, the weather could not have been any better. People were outside soaking up the sun, having some drinks, celebrating and laughing. There was energy in the air. Um you know, Devils Chance going on. The whole vibe was really was really awesome. Despite us being really just dominated for the first two games, it, people were happy and people were excited to see this team play on home ice. I think people have a lot of faith in this team. Now I didn't know what you would get from the fan base if you were to come out and kind of lay a dud, things might've been a little different, but boy, was that not the case today. This is the team that we know we have. This is the team when we think about the devils in the future, what they could be. And it, what we needed was we needed our key players to start putting in the, putting the puck in the net. And we finally got that today. So, the Timo Meyer, the Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, uh, Brat didn't score, but you know what I'm talking about. All of our key players have been not being able they haven't gone on the scoreboard. Meyer and Heischer have left big impressions on the series, but they have not gone on the scoreboard. And they haven't actually played that well. Meyer missed game one, and Heischer, you know, He's not a guy that I'm used to watch. I'm used to watching lose puck battles, but he did not play well in game two either. And he put a lot of pressure on himself. And in the post-game conference after game two, he said that this team needs to bring more intensity. And that's one of the things that really bothered me about the losses. It wasn't about their execution. It was about, they don't look like they have the will to win. That was really what was disappointing to me. And I brought it up in game after game one, Boquist and Sharon Govich looked like they didn't understand how people play in the playoffs. They did not bring the energy. They were not willing to sacrifice their body. They did not bring physicality. They did not bring speed. They did not shovel pucks to the net and and they weren't hard to play against. Can't have it. You definitely can't have it when you're playing versus the Carolina Hurricanes. So the devil's backs were up against the wall again. And you wondered what were we gonna get you're gonna you come in with a goalie change so akira schmidt has been pulled in three of his last five games and you're gonna go back to v and i was fine with the call and the big news was that luke hughes was gonna join the team and at this point they didn't have much to lose at this point they thought fuck it we're going to put in Luke Hughes. Let's see if he could draw up some offense. We've only had two goals in the series so far. If we can have some good puck movement, some skating from the back end, so be it. And what they did was they they went 11-7, and seven, which I'm not a fan of. But uh, I think they didn't feel comfortable playing Boquist or Sharon Govich, and they thought, and Graves was hurt, so they thought maybe we could bring Brendan Smith in. And if this game gets away from hughes and he looks like he's in over his head maybe we could protect him so he was practicing alongside severson my old man was asking me why are you going to have him playing with severson why wouldn't you put him with someone who plays a little more of a defensive game like let's say a john marino and i said well because severson is the third pairing and that would mean that Hughes was the sixth defenseman. And Severson's probably the best third pairing right hand defenseman in the league. Like, let's be real. Like he's a very good depth defenseman. And you could kind of protect him protect him and shelter Hughes' minutes if things weren't going his way. Little did I know they were gonna play seven defensemen and have Brendan Smith in there too. And I think that was like a real proactive move to try to, you know, if somebody looks like they're having a hard time out there, they could they could um they could play Smith and they at least know that they have a physical body, someone who's been around the block and they could rely on to hopefully make smart decisions with the puck. Despite I don't think Brendan Smith does make smart decisions with the puck. I'm just saying what the coach's mentality, uh, I think what it was. So they actually started Hughes, which was kind of cool. He got a standing ovation from the crowd and uh, everyone was, is very, very excited about Luke Hughes as it should be. And you wondered what we were gonna to get tonight. The energy was there. We needed, we needed this one. We know if we lose this and then we go down to three nothing, there's no coming back from it. Let's be real. This team is this team that we're playing against is too good. And we know that we need more than a goal a game to win. We're not gonna win a shutout. So can our players, can our key players put the puck in the net? Can they step up? Our backs are against the wall. Well, the game starts off, and six minutes into the game, Timo Meyer scores a much needed, huge goal for Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer has been literally just a bull out on the ice. I mean, I don't care if he was on the score sheet or not. Nobody left a bigger impression on the Ranger series than Timo Meyer did. And you saw the way Timo Meyer got blown up. I think he's got a broken nose, he's got stitches in his face, he's wearing the cage, and he is right back out there. Um, He has quickly become one of my favorite players on the team. He is a very old school hockey player who plays with heart, and, um, and it's funny, you see the way that he takes hits out on the ice. He takes these big hits. People are taking runs at him all the time, and it's because he's constantly just not giving a shit if that's a part of the ice that he's not supposed to belong in like he's he's going to the hardest parts of the ice all the time with conviction looking to shoot and that that's going to leave you susceptible to taking some big shots um so meyer finally gets on the board assist from jack hughes who's working the puck down low and I tell you what, the Devils did an amazing job tonight working the puck down low in the offensive zone, really got the Carolina scrambling. Um, and you could see once they kinda were off their game a little bit and they weren't flipping pucks out or moving pucks out and dumping them deep on us, it it got them flustered. I thought that I thought that uh the, the Shea and um let me pull it up. <laughs> I thought that the that the um, the Canes defense had a bit of a a bit of a hard time against us. To be honest with you, obviously we put up eight goals, but it was the it was the um, oh the Chatfield uh, got the spare. They had. Let's see. On ice, expected goals for, yeah, Brady, Shea, and Pesci. They got hemmed in their zone quite a bit and got caught scrambling around. Slavin and Burns. Oh, my God. Pesci and Shea were on the ice for five goals. Brutal. 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 So that goes to show that they are they are vulnerable. If you could move the puck down below, kind of like take a little bit of a, a, a page out of their playbook where you could work the puck down low, there is opportunity to get them chasing. And Freddie Anderson is not the goalie that he was made out to be in games one and two. You got to put pucks on this guy. Let's be real. Come on. And um, he he definitely showed that he is extremely vulnerable and pretty shaky. If you're able to just get pucks on net, the devils did a lot better job at that tonight. They had 34 shots on net. Um, If you remember the devils had seven shots on net through the first two periods in game one. So it goes to show you what happens when you're able to throw the puck on net and see what happens. I've been, you know, talking about garbage goals. It's like it's okay to have some garbage goals, but Timo Meyer was able to score on a on a nice down low work play by Jack Hughes that comes out to him. He's able to put one in, and that really gets the monkey off of Meyer's back. He is on the score sheet finally, and the Devils are up one. The place is going nuts. And next up, you have your boy, Jack Hughes. And Jack Hughes finally He gets on the board, too, and people are feeling really great. And then what happens is you get a, let's see, you get a shorthanded goal from Mike McLeod. And, I mean, who? you can't say enough about the way Mike McLeod has played. Going into this season, a lot of people thought Mike McLeod didn't even belong on the roster, and I was one of them. But, man, he has really earned himself a spot I mean, he's worked his way up to 3C at certain times. He is going to be, he has a contract coming up. You, you're thinking the Devils could sign him. He's been leading the league in faceoff winning percentage for the entire year for the most part. But he's really excelled in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's because things simplify themselves a little bit in the playoffs where you just want to get pucks deep. You want to play with speed. You want to carry the puck through the neutral zone and play physical. And he's just been amazing, especially on the penalty kill. I mean, Mike McLeod, I thought, was our best player in Game 3, or in Game 2, and he follows it up with a shorthanded goal in Game 3. I mean, to say that Freddie Anderson didn't look good would be an understatement. The goaltending tonight all around was not very good. Anderson, if you get into his analytics, Um, it was bad. His expected goals against was 1.72 when he gave up four goals. So he was pretty awful tonight. Uh, you know, and you could get into, if you want, we can get right into it. You can get into Vitek Vanecek. Vitek Vanecek did not look good. He did not look good. He had really some, I mean, a lot of help from the post. And he just did not look like he was seeing the puck very well. So, let's get into his expected goals against 2.51. Actual goals against four. You know, Ruff is going to have a decision to make going into Tuesday. Vanachek or Schmid? And... I tell you what, I just, I think I feel more comfortable playing Akira Schmidt at this point. For one simple reason. One, Vanacek has not looked good. Schmidt, don't get me wrong, he's been pulled in three of his last five games, so he has not been great either. But I think Schmidt calms the game down, especially on a team that likes to throw pucks deep and then work around the crease and Schmid is very comfortable and very um calculated with his movements especially when people are in tight on him i think it's i think that i think that really translates to the defense and when there's less scrambling going on it basically calms down our defense a little bit and they're able to see the play a little bit better and they're able to move the puck a little bit better you know it's not like Carolina's playing off the rush that often so that's going to be an interesting decision to make moving forward whether you're going to play Schmid or whether they're going to give Vanacek the nod I would not be surprised if Vanacek does get the nod based off of the win tonight but personally despite the win I would still like to see I would still like to see Schmid get another shot you know you went into the first period you know i kind of been i've been looking at these games and i kind of look at every game almost like a mini series like when i talk about like almost like a mini playoff series except it's a best of three so when you have the chance to win a period and you don't you give The other team, so much, they go into the locker room and they think to themselves, shit, we did not play our best hockey right there, boys, and we're lucky to get away with one. Let's go out there and show them how we do and get back to our game. And you've seen it time and time again. The Devils came out in game two. They looked great. They got the power play. They got the five on three. They didn't, they weren't able to capitalize on it. And it basically gave carolina the momentum how many times have you seen a team kill a penalty and it leads directly the energy the momentum flips right to the right to the opposing team and they rolled with it and the devils outplayed them in period one but the ice started to tilt by the end of the period carolina went into the locker room they said shit you know new jersey looked good they look fast we're lucky that we got out of that even score so let's go back to getting our game let's let's get our shit together and get out there and play and I worried about that I worry about the Devils coming out and playing well and not being able to put the puck in the back of the net having nothing to show for it it doesn't matter if you play well if you don't put the puck in the net well that wasn't the case tonight and the Devils put three in the net in the first period and a three goal lead this is not a team that is built to come back from a three goal lead and we've seen the way that the Devils can play with a lead. We saw it in game seven versus the Rangers. We've seen it, we saw it versus the Rangers basically from game three on. The Devils played very tight defensively. And I wondered to myself, you know, how is Luke Hughes going to handle a team that plays this strong off of the four check? It's one thing for a kid to play off the rush It's another thing for, uh, you know, a 19-year-old to have pucks thrown deep on him and have a bunch of grown men barreling down on him from behind who like to play very physical, who are very structured, who know exactly what they're doing, and then work the puck down low on somebody. You know, you don't want to see Hughes hemmed in below his goal line. That is not his strong suit or in front of the net. Actually, and I saw him make some really good plays in front of the net tonight away from the puck uh, on big dudes. I think I saw him kind of going at it with Jordan Stahl at one point. But I wondered about how he would retrieve the puck that was thrown along the boards, and then he has a very split decision on to make a move with that puck, and would he be making the right decisions? Um, How would he use his body to protect the puck, and would his body be able to endure a big physical forecheck time and time again after he gets rocked a couple times Would he start kind of making instinctual moves with the puck where he's just flinging it around the glass and either icing it or turning the puck over or throwing it up the middle of the ice or whatever? And I was incredibly surprised and happy with the way that he handled himself. Very rarely does a player give up two goals, literally gave up the shorthanded goal to Martin Hook that was a penalty shot, which was a bum call. Dougie got stick on that. They still called it a penalty shot, and this bum ends up scoring. But very rarely can someone be responsible for two goals on ice, and I can still think that he had a really good game. You could tell Hughes is going to be an incredible player. Incredible. And I thought he played very smart tonight. I did not think that he played, you know, I didn't think he was timid. I didn't think he played scared he hopped into the play, he was involved offensively, away from the puck, I thought he played very, very good. Those are some of the things that you might not see on TV as much as you do see live, which I'm grateful for. I'm telling you, he played very, very good away from the puck. You see the way that his skating can catch up for any kind of maybe lapse in judgment, or if he's maybe a step, behind somebody or the plays a little bit ahead of him. He's able to catch up immediately. I thought he used his body very well. Um, he made some really nice passes out of the defensive zone where a guy like Brendan Smith would have just flung it up the boards and it would have turned into an icing or it just would have turned into a, tur- a turnover. I thought Hughes was very patient, very mature with the puck and was able to hang on to it for that extra two or three seconds, let somebody maybe curl off of him and then get it over to the other side to a defenseman or hit a forward that's breaking up the middle of the ice. And it's funny, they say, like, back in the day, a defenseman makes a pass in front of his own net, you know, he would have been riding the bench. Like, that was a no-no. You do not put the puck in front of your own net. Nowadays, if you're a defenseman and you can't make a pass to the guy that's skating up the middle of the ice in the defensive zone, you don't belong on the ice. And Brendan Smith cannot do that and you saw luke hughes do it a couple times tonight he made a couple really heady plays and he he also he hopped into the play where he didn't get the puck and he didn't have a shot but i'm telling you he was involved offensively to where he had to be accounted for (coughs) excuse me it was an impressive performance he ends up with two assists on the night and i'm really happy for him because he's obviously a fan favorite already I think he handles himself really well. He's going to be a really important part of the future of the Devils. And um, if I'm Lindy Ruff, if, I, I don't know if I go 11-7 and seven again. That's really not, it's not really my ideal situation. But I would consider keeping him in the lineup, especially over Brendan Smith if Graves is going to be out. So going into the third period, or going into the second period, those have a three goal lead. This is kind of nice. I mean, we haven't seen this in a while. The fans are obviously very excited. The team feels really good about himself. This is kind of the team that we know that they could be. I wish they would just, you know, they dig themselves these holes. They've done it all year during the regular season. They, they, they let teams get off to a, a lean on them and then they have to come back and score with the goalie pulled and then try to win it in overtime. And they're kind of doing that in these series. I thought, I thought that they played really good and they, they showed up on time tonight and the biggest thing that they needed to do is play with intensity and they lacked it in games one and two. And it was embarrassing because that has nothing to do with, that's got nothing to do with your execution or, you know, what kind of system you run or this or that. That's just about, they were just getting out willed and that's something that you can control. And I thought that, they came out in period 1 and they let this team know that they were not going to roll over and good for them. I mean, this is a a group that I think it was led by their captain. Nobody played better tonight than Nico Hischer in my opinion. Um and if you go to the analytics, he was a complete monster tonight. And so is the line. So the Palat uh Palat Heesher brat line on ice expected goals for 1.937. They were great and if you look at uh he he was fourth on the team he was first and forwards uh, uh with 19 and a half minutes of ice time and his expected goals were a 0.9 by far the highest in the game by any player by far the next closest was jesper bratt at 0.6 followed by Timo Meyer at 0.56 and Andre Palat at 0.55. So that, um the Timo line was humming. They looked really good. So it was Heischer, Palat, and Brat. And to be honest with you, I actually, to just being dead honest, I kind of didn't see Brat playing that great of a game. Um, and this... And this is where it goes to show you, like, sometimes, sometimes you have to come back and you have to look at the analytics and you have to see, you know, the eye test doesn't always work. Um, but Brat had four shots on net. He had two assists um, and he had a black shot. So he played pretty good. But in my opinion, Nico Heizer was amazing. He had a goal and assist. He ends up, he scored um, a minute into the second period. And it was huge. He's been on like a 20-game goal, a twenty game goal drought. He put a lot of pressure on himself after game two, what he said in the media about how our lead players have to step up and our intensity has to come up, and it all starts with me. He's putting a lot of pressure on himself. There's no doubt about it. And for him to come out, he had five shots on net. Uh, he blocked four shots. He had three hits. He led the team in, you know, in hits by forwards. He was really all over the place played really, really good. Let's see let's get into and then in the second period we had this we had this um yeah, so halfway through the second period, Sebastian Aho starts he sticked to tar at one point, but then he. Slashes Hughes, cross-checks Hughes, and then kind of goes after him at the side of the net. And Hughes finally has enough with it. And he goes after him, tackles him to the ground, gets a couple shots in, and you're thinking, God damn, all right, that's what I'm talking about, Jack Hughes. Now this guy's got a missing tooth. He lost a tooth the other day in Toothgate. He's fighting. And it just goes to show you how much Jack Hughes has grown and how impressive he has been to me I did not think that he had this kind of game in him. If you were, you know, if you were to ask me halfway through the regular season, I would say he's an incredible goal scorer. I think he does have heart, um, and I think he is like one of the greatest skaters in the league. But I did not see. I mean, he's showing me such a different part of his game that I didn't know that he had. He's showing me that he's got grit. You see him smiling now. There's a there's a picture of him where he's missing his tooth and he's got some facial hair and he's screaming and he looks angry and it's like, good for you, dude. This kid is really showing what he's made of. It's like when the playoffs comes, you have to you have to be that kind of player. You have to be willing to sacrifice your body. You you can't be willing to put up a bullshit. And it's like. Him going after Aho like that, their best player and wrestling him to the ground and then talking to him afterwards and getting in his face and Nico coming over and giving him a high five. And it's like, do you know what that does to your team? That jacks your whole team up. That's a big deal. And it's, I, I couldn't be more proud of him. Like that's a, this is the kind of thing that makes somebody a franchise player. All that perimeter play. All that skating, all the fancy stuff, I love it all. <clears throat> I love it all, and it's very hard to come by a player that, can, that has that kind of, those those moves in their bag. But every once in a while, you just got to dig down, and you got to be a dog, and you have to go after it more than anybody else, and he went after it today, and he didn't take any shit from Aho, and good for him. He he really showed a ton of character, and he, he kind of... He kind of showed the team that we're not going to lay down and we're not going to get pushed around by these guys. Um, You know, you get back into it, and Hugh, Luke Hughes did give up a shorthanded goal. He tried to make a fancy play. He was quarterback in the power play. They moved Dougie over to the flank, kind of where Jack would be which I think is actually pretty smart. Dougie has that bomb. You want to set him up for that shot? I am totally fine with that. But <clears throat> Luke has to understand what time it is in the game and what is going on. You cannot, you cannot turn that puck over at that point in the game. Luckily, it was five to one at the time, but we cannot afford to give up two shorthanded goals to a team like Carolina. Not if we want to win. It's not going to happen. We did score a power play goal. Um but it was uh Was it really th- the the Martin hook penalty shot? That was off the Hughes turnover. So it was really sh- three shorthanded goals. Is that right? Damn. Either way, we go into, uh, first of all, what a move by Damon Severson to make it to 5-1. He looked great. Um, Severson, you know, we're going to miss him because that dude can pass the puck. Like, let's be real, in your own zone, looking for somebody coming through the neutral zone, there are very few players on our team that could pass the puck as good as Damon Severson. He has the best stretch pass on our team, in my opinion. And he had a really nice play along the wall, puts a move on a guy, drives to the net, and is able to score. Um, it's good to see Severson succeed as this season is about to wear out, and um, this is going to be the last time you see him wearing a double jersey. I know he gets a ton of hate. Uh, some of it, I think, is unwarranted, but he's a guy that I'd like to see have success on his way out because he's put in a lot of hard years here with a lot of bad teams. Um, he doesn't deserve to be treated the way that he that he does sometimes, but... He had a really nice goal. Good for him. It <clears throat> was on an assist from uh, from Luke Hughes. So he had two on the day. Um, then Martin Hook gets the penalty shot. He scores on Vanacek. Vanacek, like I said, looked very shaky. Um, we got away with a couple. A couple posts for sure. But to start the third period, you get Miles Wood scores one off of... Uh, off of a kind of broken play on a long outlet pass that ends up hitting wood. And there's, it looked like a pick, to be honest with you, that we might've got away with from, I think it was Nate Bastion, which he got called for an interference call in a very similar situation uh, in game seven. Um, He got called for, for a interference call, but anyway, Miles Wood scores, he makes it 6 to 2. Then Jack Hughes scores again. He makes it 7 to 2. And it would have been really nice for the Devils to close this out and at 7 to 2. But they gave up two shorthanded goals afterwards and it's like you really that you got to get away from that. <clears throat> you go through the Devils, I mean the Devils have now given up it's either 6 or seven shorthanded goals to Carolina this year. That is a lot. That's that's no bueno. And then with 10 minutes left in the third period, Andre Pilat scores on the power play, gets us our power play goal. Overall, just a much, much better performance. Now, going into game four, this is where it gets really interesting. It's what are we going to see? are we going to see the devils of today? Are we going to see Carolina from games one and two? It kind of is, this is exactly what I was saying going into game four versus the Rangers. Were you going to see a dominating performance by the Rangers, like in games one and two, or were you going to see a very good performance by the devils in game three? Now, obviously the devils didn't score eight goals in game three versus the Rangers, but you got Nico, you got Timo, and you got Jack. All the goals tonight. Let's wake these guys up. Is this the you know, is the beast officially risen? Is this is this happening? Is this are you you don't want to get all these guys going at the same time? If we do, we have a lot to look forward to. The series is not over. But Keep in mind, you have a veteran team on the other side with a coach who knows what he's talking about, and Rob Brindamore does not mess around. You better expect to get Carolina's best game on Tuesday. But the question is, we have more skilled players than they do. They have a very good system. I mean, their goaltending, I am not scared of their goaltending. Can we outwork them? That's what it's going to come to. If we can outwork them, we can get pucks to the net. We can get pucks deep. We can get their defensive pairs running around. You see how vulnerable they are. And if you can get Meyer and Heischer and Hughes and hopefully get Bratt or Hamilton on the board, you get them scoring, that is not going to be an easy team to beat. Do you play Schmid? Do you play Vanacek? Is Graves good to go? Do you take out Luke? Do you leave Luke in? Do you run seven and put Brendan Smith in the press box? There's a lot of decisions to be made. But today was a prime example of what the Devils are capable of when they're on. And not even all of them are on. If we had really good goaltending today, it could have been eight to one. If our power play didn't lend up two shorthanded goals, these are all this is all room for improvement. This team has just an unlimited unlimited capabilities. It really does. We're just loaded with talent all over the ice. Tuesday's a big one, and Carolina has all the pressure on them. If the Devils win Tuesday, oh boy, watch out. Carolina's playing with fire. And when you play with fire, you get burned. You let us hang around. You give us an inch, we take a mile. It's going to be, everybody that's going Tuesday better bring their A game. I want to hear everybody. (coughs) What a night though. Shout out to everybody that was there. It was uh the crowd was great. My kids had so much fun. Shout out to everybody that's been listening to the podcast and showing support. This is gonna be shout out to Eric Halla who who fought Stefan Neeson, too. He is a much bigger dude. Halla is not known for fighting. And he went out there and he took a bunch of punches. Um and he did it because. He had to man up. Sometimes you just got to go at it. You know what I mean? And he took it. And I I respect that a lot. So shout out to him. Dawson Mercer. He was able to come away with three assists today. His game could be better too. That's another guy who he could definitely improve. That's, you know, I don't think we're seeing the best version of Mercer right now. So there's a lot of room for improvement still. And hopefully Jack and Nico and Timo and maybe Akira Schmid come back and they look the way that they did. You know, Schmid looks the way that he did in the Rangers series. We could be right back in this thing. One game at a time. That's how you have to take it. One game at a time. But for now, I'll leave you guys. My name is Bill Botch. You're listening to The Trap Podcast. Let's go Devils. Who in it now? Who in it now? The are hyperbole explodes, shadow in the modes, need to drop the hits like they lower get the fuck up the commode with the short shot. Sure don't make the bodies drop. Drop it, no cabo, they'll no call us a co-op. Terror rains stretching, quenching the doorstone. Gone. that five-sided fifth that on the face of the